This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey now, how are you? I'm good. We, uh are cruising into the final weekend of the summer of 2022. It went relatively smoothly, no restrictions, well, not a ton of restrictions. Things were open. We got to go out and have events and talk to each other. What a difference a year makes. And yesterday, the World Health Organization said it, Cat. The end of the pandemic is in sight. Look at that. I, now, I know it's already ended in a lot of people's yeah, minds. That's the insa- hey, if they say insight, I'm good with that. Me too. I'm good with that. I didn't like that Tedros oh. guy for a long time, but now that he's saying things I do like, yeah. I kind of like him again. The, the thing I didn't would not have wanted to hear is like a new uh, strain or something like that. That's the shit that we didn't want to hear. So of all the things we could have heard from the World Health Organization, that's what I would say is a positive. That's great. We got a lot to do in this episode of After 9, so let the magic begin. Uh, the banks have announced that they're going to stay open on Monday during the Queen's funeral. Okay. The Canadian Bankers Association, I don't know if these guys are are trolling us or if they actually believe this, but they said banks are committed to delivering essential services that Canadians rely upon, so we're staying open. Hmm. Is that really what it is, Canadian Bankers Association, or is it just that you've already got two paid day, paid holidays this month? between Labor Day and Truth and Reconciliation Day, and you get another one for Thanksgiving in, what, 25 days? Mm -hmm. I don't really think that statement is an accurate portrayal of why you're not closing on Monday. Saying you need to be open to provide the services that Canadians rely on, when you guys are closed practically as much as the schools are, I don't think they're being all that truthful with us here. So you wonder if the queen had passed um, at another in another month where there's less holidays that maybe they'd close? If the queen had passed, for example, in January when we don't have a lot going on other than New Year's Day, yeah. I have no doubt in my mind the banks would yeah. be closed. Mm-hmm. I also f- kind of think the whole country would shut down. It would be a true national holiday. I, I think that they just looked at the calendar and, and heard a bit of feedback from the businesses and said, yeah. We don't want to do it. Yeah. Well, for me, if the businesses are running here, I'm glad that the banks are running. There's a lot of businesses that need that on a daily basis. The day of mourning is being recognized in some provinces, but not others. A lot of talk about long-term care. We're going to talk about this, and we're going to talk about uh, the Parole Board of Canada documents that give us a little insight into that piece of shit that did that shooting on Monday and mm-hmm. killed a cop and the guy who owned the, the auto body shop in Milton and so on and so forth. Uh, so we'll get to that, and then... We've got a great story in a few minutes. It's a woman on Reddit who found out her husband is leading an alternate life. And she's actually not sure if she's going to leave him. He's got kids with another woman and acts as a family with her family and the other family. Mm -hmm. And she's not even sure or wasn't sure if she was going to leave him. So stick around. That's a great story, and we'll get to it. First off, Ontario patients that are awaiting spots in long-term care are going to start getting charged $400 a day starting in November if they refuse to be moved to a nursing home that they didn't pick. 
The new regulations have been announced by the government as part of the effort to free up some hospital beds. The government says patients in southern Ontario can be moved up to 70 kilometers. Those in northern Ontario, up to 150 kilometers to a long-term care home, not of their choosing. The province says couples will not be separated and religious, ethnic, and language preferences will be respected. See, a lot of people are hearing that and thinking, wow, this government is so cold. And maybe that is cold. Maybe that's an extreme thing to do, to just force people either move to a place you don't want to live at or start paying up 400 bucks a day. But to be honest, I really can't think of another way to do it. These are people who are mm -hmm. waiting for a spot in a specific home. But right now, they're taking up a hospital bed and they don't need to be in a hospital. Well, we have other long-term care beds available and we can't just leave people taking up hospital beds and hospital resources while you get the place that you want. So, if you don't want to move, fine, you don't have to move, but they're going to jam them for $400 a day. Yeah, that's, I mean... It's a lot, and I'm not sure what's going to be covered there for most people that are hospitalized currently. Um, but I, th I, I find it to be fair if that's the case, though. I mean, and I assume it is, right? Like, why else won't you move if there are beds available somewhere else? I understand. Moving in general, it, it sucks. Having to live in a certain place only temporarily knowing that you're only staying there a short amount of time. That's not fun for anybody, no matter what, how old you are. And by the time you get to a certain age where long-term care seems appropriate for you... Um, or a retirement home of any sorts, you probably lived long enough where you're like, screw that. I want to wait to the home for the home that I deserve, right? Or the what I want, location close to family, whatever it is. But we do have to figure something out here. And if charging them makes the most sense, okay. It doesn't It doesn't help the issue of, of keeping beds open. It'll sure move some people along though. Nothing will move someone along like quicker than charging them $400 a day if they have to pay that out of pocket. Sure. There's people who are... I don't know if they just like being in a hospital or if they just insist. Nope, it's got to be that home. Some of those homes have long waiting lists. And the only way a spot opens up is if somebody dies. So it could be a very long time before mm -hmm. they get into the one that's right around the corner from their kids or whatever the right. case may be. So I do understand it's a bit of a cat and mouse game. It just seems like the government called their bluff, the people who are waiting. What I'm not clear on is how many people are in this spot. Realistically... When they start moving people next Wednesday, how many people are affected? Are we talking like there's like a dozen of them that, yeah. are, that are hanging out in hospitals or are we talking in the hundreds or thousands yes. of people? I think that's an important thing to know in this situation too because if, if people have the, are, are making their giving their thoughts on the assumption that this is dozens and dozens of people but really it's six then that changes people's minds. A little bit. Like I'd be like, okay, those six people are obviously quite stubborn. Like to me it seems like, okay – if I'm a loved one of that person, I understand everything that goes along with it. You know, um, my family and I have been in that scenario before. I think a lot of people maybe either know someone who has or maybe you have personally. So, you know, it's not easy. It's not a, a fun choice to have to make and, and all these other things that go along with it. So you have to have be sympathetic towards it. But at the same time, take take the darn room that's available for the time being. And, and I know it sucks, but you're taking up a spot for someone else in a hospital you really, when you don't actually need that around-the-clock care that a hospital provides, you need one around-the-clock care that a long-term care center, for example, or what have you, will will uh, put forth for you. Just move then. Like I don't know if I if if I knew someone who was in there, like I would be that person to say, "You're fine here. You're you're fine. You can be fine somewhere else, not here." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Are hospitals set up? Like, do they have the infrastructure to charge money? Because anytime I've ever gone in, they just take my health card and we don't get a bill. That's how our healthcare system works here in Ontario. Mm -hmm. But I've I've never actually had to pay the hospital for anything. It seems like a weird thing. It's different uh, when you're staying overnight, though, right? When you stay overnight and you take up a room, um, I did get charged twice, both times when I had a C-section. So I stayed two nights both times. And I asked for a private room. Thank goodness we weren't having a hospital crisis of any kind because I got my private room. But that costs more money. So my benefits didn't cover all of it. Most people don't cover the whole thing. So I did get a bill in the mail from the hospital after the fact both times. So they so, yeah, bill you. It's, it's not like COD, like pay your bill or we're going to throw you out on the street well, or they, anything? Well, they mail it to you and they'll absolutely give you warnings and warnings again if you don't pay it. I'm not sure what the punishment would be if you didn't pay it. If let's say if it was like $100, $200. It wasn't that much. I remember, um, like I said, um, my insurance covered most of it. I think the only thing lingering and remaining was like, $100 in total, so $50 a night, or perhaps they did it by day. I don't remember. But yeah, I got a bill in the mail, in the mail that said pay us. And it was, uh, you, were, you could do it online through your uh, financial institution. You could mail a check if you wanted or go straight to the hospital and pay it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do feel for the people who are conflicted in this long-term care thing. And, and one thing I also want to clarify on this is the people who are getting moved against their will, They want to stay in the hospital till the spot in the building that they want to be in opens up and the hospital saying no, or you pay 400 bucks a day and you can stay. If they do go to that place that they don't really want to go to, is that their new full-time home? Or when a spot opens up at the place they did want to be at, are they still in line to go to that place? Yeah, I I would hope that they're still in line because that would solve some issues that we have now if that's one of the issues. I would hope that they could, if this is their dream place... Right. Let's and say it's Shady Acres. So Shady Acres over here is the place you want to be. But Green Vista has just opened a spot over here and you got to get out of the hospital. You go to Green Vista, but you're still on the list for Shady Acres. Is yes. It? For Shady Acres. Shady Acres opens up. It might take six months to a year, depending on how quick the turnover is. Turnover. <laughs> it's turnover. And it sounds so impersonal because that means somebody fucking died. You know, I'll be honest with you, though, because I know people who work in that industry and you may remember you may know that there was quite the crisis before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the one thing they told me was, and I know it does sound impersonal. It sounds cold and terrible. But the one thing they said was, to be honest with you, is I know it's been brutal for long-term care, but there's not as much of a bed crisis. The waiting list sure dropped real quick, Wow, which sounds terrible. Because a mean, lot of people died. A lot of old people died. I yeah. think we all know. But that's the truth of it. Is a, There was a huge waiting list for some of these places. A lot of old people died, whether they were at the long-term. Some of the long-term care centers had like dozens of deaths. I mean, you reported on it, right? Yeah. I mean, some of them in particular were worse than others. Even the ones on the waiting list died getting into the place. Oh, my I know, God. You know what I mean? So it really, it really, I don't even want to say it helped. That sounds terrible. But it did clear <laughs> up the list. You know what I mean? Do you want to stop and start over? No, no, because that's the honest to goodness truth. And that, and I had a conversation with someone who works in long-term care that said, honestly, like, even though procedure's been shit, even though it's been rough, even though seeing these people, the ones who suffered, suffered, we look at the wait list and we're like, holy shit, there's barely anyone on it now. Those premium spots are available. And I, I understand it sounds cold, people. I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah. There's some truth to that. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's see. It is what it is. Let's see how it <laughs> plays out. Because right now, the people who don't like this or have just heard the concept, they tend to be like, oh, that's terrible. The people who are just don't like the government are like, this is horrible and it's a human rights violation and blah, blah, blah. 
let's see how it goes. Because we always hear a lot of horror stories before something happens. And then once it actually happens, it turns out to be just fine. Uh, we had all kinds of predictions of mass DUI arrests and shit like that when they were going to legalize cannabis. And, ah, oh, the sky is falling. And that turned out fine. Let's see how this turns out. Mm -hmm. They start moving people next Wednesday. That means the stories will start showing up on the news next Wednesday or Thursday. Let's see how bad it gets, how many people are moving, and where. I mean, in Toronto, there's more long-term care homes, but there's also a lot more old people. If you're living in a smaller area like, I don't know, London or uh, uh, Brantford or somewhere like that, you might have a few more options because there's a less demand, mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. So we'll see what yeah, happens. True. And, and by the way, speaking of the people that died during the pandemic, it's horrible. And when all this is over, we're going to have to look back and answer some questions mm -hmm. about what went wrong here. But one of the stats that I loved yesterday from the World Health Organization was they said worldwide deaths now are at their lowest point since March 2020, the first month mm -hmm. of the official mm -hmm. pandemic. That's great news. That's really, really great. Um, we talked at length the other day about that piece of shit that, oh, I can say his name, Sean Petrie. He's a 40-year-old. He's the guy who shot the cop in cold blood in Mississauga and shot another person and left them with life-altering injuries, then fled to Milton and shot up the auto body shop, killed that father. It was nice last night, by the way. The CN Tower dimmed for him. Oh, that is nice. Really good. That and by is. all accounts, he was just an awesome, awesome dude. And then the guy fled to Hamilton, and the SIU says it was four different cops that shot him. So... Oh, well, that's what happens. Yeah, I was um, watching one of the reports, and I forget the media outlet, so forgive me. It might have been um, a CP24 report uh, that they went to, uh, I believe it was a, a, a vigil. Perhaps it was an, a service for the auto body shop worker. Mm -hmm. And one of the men that was shot in the leg, uh, the bullet had ricocheted, by the way, off a chair and hit him. And then he aimed for his head and missed. And he was telling a story about him. So Sean actually worked at that auto body shop but only was in for about a week, a few months ago, and then kind of ghosted them. And the auto body shop um, owner, is it the owner who passed away? Yeah. Yeah, so he uh, did call, attempt to call and say, where are you? So I, it seems really strange to me. Uh, nothing had apparently happened that he knew of when he was talking to them. I, I, he didn't know of any feud that they had because this guy who was killed uh, tried everything he could to get him back in. I assume knowing his rap sheet, because this guy apparently does have a bit of a sheet here. Oh, yeah. Some, We're getting yeah, to that. Yeah. So once you hear this, you'll be like, what? And obviously was a nice enough man to, because to, not everybody will employ someone with this kind of a record. Right. So did that, I guess. And then uh, he worked there for a week, according to this other guy who works at the auto body shop. And they thought nothing of it. So when he came at him and he heard these noises, which was gunshots in the back of the auto body shop, he got up and thought, what the heck is this guy doing here? And then he started to shoot at him, missed his head. Thank goodness, he says. But the one of the bullets ricocheted off a chair and hit him in the leg. So messed up. But I'm really curious how what what started this, particularly with this police officer who was ambushed. So b because there is a, I find it strange because there's a connection over here with an auto body repair shop he worked at. Obviously, something triggered him to want to go that to that specific spot. Maybe he did have words with the owner. We don't know about um, something happened there. But what would trigger him? To do that? Or is it just madness? Is he just out of his mind? And that's all it is. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know because he's dead now and apparently got filled with a lot of bullets. Four different cops shot yeah. the guy. So yep. anyway, uh, I don't 
feel bad about that. I just hope that they find out about maybe maybe the police do know something though. Why this particular officer was he? Because the the other one was. I'm aiming at this guy for a reason. Obviously, this was my ex boss. I assume. Uh, then why am I aiming at this particular police officer in this particular Tim Hortons right here? It, you know. Yeah, a lot of it leaves a lot of questions. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. But the Parole Board of Canada's documents indicate that that guy had a history of robbery, drug trafficking, child pornography, weapons possession, bail violations, gang ties, Mm -hmm. and he was out on bail. Yeah, here we go again, Scott. How many times do we have to hear about this shit happening? Guys. Our system's so crazy, so messed up. And it's getting worse. We're making it easier. We're eliminating mandatory minimum sentences. We are doing so many things that they say is going to make the system more fair and equitable. There shouldn't be a question of fair. If you commit a crime against someone else, you robbed them. You, uh, well, the child pornography thing, I think we can all agree. There's mm-hmm. just no rehabilitation. You should just go right to jail for the rest of your yeah. life. If, well, worse in my opinion, but if that's all we can do, yep. That sort of thing. The fact that this guy was out walking around, nobody really keeping an eye on the guy. We don't know if he's going to show up for his court dates. He doesn't seem to have any redeeming qualities in life. Mm -hmm. He's just a menace to society, and he's out roaming around. Now we've got a dead family man and business owner that didn't do a thing wrong. We've got a dead police officer, families left in chaos, people with life-altering injuries, all because our justice system said, yeah, you know what? You can go back out on the street Mm -hmm. until we can get you into court. Mm -hmm. It's complete madness. Guys, I want to see fairness in the system too, but... Making it easier for criminals to get back on the street is not the solution. We need to resist any effort to make it easier for these pieces of shit to just walk. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that's prompting these judges to say, eh, sure, go. You got bail. No problem. Here's your condition. Don't talk to this person. Uh, uh, You can't have any weapons and you can't have any alcohol and you got to be home by 7 p.m. It's not working. No. And this is the result. This is a direct result of shit like that. So please, when it comes up, inevitably we will have elections soon. Take the time and ask questions of our leaders. Ask them, how do you feel about crime and punishment? How will you vote when these issues come to the table? And and if you don't like their answer, if you don't hear what you want to hear, make sure they know you will not get my vote and I will... I will vote for somebody else. I will campaign for someone else. I will donate to someone else's campaign that is willing to get tough on crime. It may sound mean. It may sound arbitrary to have a mandatory minimum sentence for people that commit crimes with a gun, but it needs to be done. There is some inequity, and we can address that many different ways. Making it easier for criminals to recommit crimes is not the solution. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's move on to a couple other things here because we did the heavy stuff. This story to me is fascinating, and it comes from Reddit. 
a woman discovered her husband has a secret second family. She's been married to her husband, who's the father of her three children, for 25 years. She thought they had a great life together. Her husband is an insurance broker with branches all over America. So he usually does week on, week off. One week he's home, the next week he's at a different office throughout the country. When the woman went to set up a new Facebook account, she typed in her husband's name first. She found him, but with a different last name. He has another profile with a different last name. She thought, well, that's fucking weird. Let me do a little investigating here. That's when she found out he's got a fiancé with whom he has two kids, both in their early teens. Oh, my gosh. Let me read you her statement on Reddit. My husband is currently with said family, and I know it's him because his most recent pic is a photo of him and the other family having dinner. I'm absolutely broken. She wrote, Almost every part of me wants to scream in his face and reprimand him for ruining my life. But another part of me wants to pretend to be ignorant and just let it be. Our life is peaceful. He's great with our kids. He's our main source of financial income. He's loving. But he's probably all of those things to the other family as well. Not only would I be tearing a gaping hole into my own family if I left him, I'd be opening up a vortex for the other family, too. Imagine that you just discovered that about someone you thought you knew and they were somebody completely different, living this different life, and then actually having a thought about the other family, actually having concern or empathy for the other family at the same time. I don't know that everybody would. No, no. Uh, and you put yourself in her shoes. That's a long time to be married. We're not talking about a couple that just got married a couple years ago and he's just found out he cheated and they're about to have a baby. This is 25 years of marriage between the two of them. His relationship with this woman obviously lasted into the teen years of some kind, maybe 13, 14 years, let's just say. A long, long time. I, I, it's so, I don't want to like... It's so hard to figure out how she didn't know or have an idea of it. Did she seriously have no idea about him being sketchy or sneaky in any type of way? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, how could you not know? Everybody slips up. Even the best slip up. Did this guy never once come home, I don't know, smelling like her perfume with, uh, I don't know, a a brand of kleenex that you don't typically keep in your house but he just happens to have it like there had to have been something somewhere along the line in the last at least 13 years where you thought well that's really uncharacteristic or that's really weird i better keep an eye on this and it seems exhausting for him too i'm not trying to make him you know look any look good at all because he's obviously a a a dirtbag for doing this because the other two don't know it's different being you know in a polyamorous what is it polyamorous Mm -hmm. uh, situation Totally Where different. everybody knows everybody about that. Everybody knows, though. right? Like, and sometimes is, they coexist. Exactly. This is so different because you're going back and forth between two lives. Was he not stressed out himself? Like, it's not like he was going, like he was getting a break from a family and going and, and screwing around with some chick on the side with nothing to do all day. He was raising another fa- a set of kids on this side and, and, and raising children on this side. I mean, that's exhausting work. For, for one person to catch up on, how did he balance that and not go absolutely insane at the same time? 
It's so strange to me. Me too. I would love to know his story. Like, did he fall in love with this person first? Or did he just think, oh, she got pregnant first? And then he was like, well, screw it. I already have a secret baby. I might as well make a whole family here. This saves me hotel money. And and again, why did she not know? Or how did she not figure it out? Like, when he took pictures, for example, when he was away, I assume maybe they texted each other and nothing was up with that. No photos that indicated like, wait a minute, this is strange. And what about the birth of those children? He must have been there for the birth. Did the other woman know would be my next question. Mm. Very good questions. I agree. I'm thinking about my daily routine as a dad, for example. So this guy is in whatever city with his new family. And the wife here who posted the story, did she never call? And if she did call, she'd expect that he'd be at uh, the hotel for the night, for example. But maybe he's at a baseball practice Mm -hmm. or he's at a a softball game or a football game or whatever watching his kids raising his kids a dance class with his girl something like what I mean where it would have been very weird that he wasn't at the hotel or you'd know obviously he's not at the hotel like those are things that would generally make somebody say it's out of character it's out of routine Hmm, something's up here and what about vacation time like did he not take vacation that entire time with either family and if so there had to be some form of overlap it's not like every other week for sure he managed to keep that schedule because stuff pops up stuff pops up in every relationship hey um babe my best friend's getting married on the this day of this month you're going to be my date and if they start to back out of those things again you question it it's it's just so strange to me even the money money sure he, he may have two families but he still only has one job and you can take him at his word that he's out there uh, uh when he's not here he's out on the road doing his sales stuff okay fine but you still see the paychecks go into the bank. Did it not seem weird that not all of the paycheck was going in or that he has no paycheck coming in? If all of his income went to one family, the other family would have thought, well, yeah. that's weird. He's out on the road all the time. Why does he not make a salary? It's strange. How does he do that? He would have had to have had two completely different bank accounts yeah. with two completely different bank cards and not linked together in any way. That's the only way and I can think of that he would do it. And hide it when he goes to those other places, though. I mean, you have to hide every piece of physical evidence as well. Sure. It just seems, it's a, again, it's a lot of work. Why would you do that to yourself? Even if you are a scumbag that wants to have a second family and you're a little selfish about it, even then, it's still a lot of work. What are you doing? After she shared her story on Reddit, people urged her to gather as much evidence as possible and in as much, er, and in a much-anticipated update, the woman revealed what she decided to do. And again, she was conflicted. She could scream in his face like that was the instinct. She wanted to to let him have it and tell him off and leave him. But there was also the other side. He is their source of income. He is the father of their kids. And she said he's a great dad. They've been married for 25 years. How do you just throw that away? Is the question she was Mm -hmm. asking herself. Mm -hmm. Because obviously she still has feelings for this person even after knowing it. Mm -hmm. Obviously she still thinks this is my husband and in my mind this is what was happening. But it wasn't happening in his mind. You have to remember that. You were not first. You were not put first in his mind. And you have to love yourself as well. So ask yourself if you want to be with someone. Even knowing what you know and and, and acting like you're going to keep it a secret, would you want to be with someone who doesn't put you first? She did end up confronting him. Okay, good, good. As soon as he walked through the door, she was right there. She told him she knows. He started, I'm going to read her statement here. Okay. He started to cry and plead. It was honestly kind of pathetic. I mean, 
I was crying too, but I've chosen to think of him as a pathetic coward for doing this. The woman has also been in contact with the other woman. So did she know? She says, I've told her. I've explained the situation. She was equally as distraught. Wow. From what I'm aware, she's financially independent from him, and they do not share any property, so that breakup will seem fairly clean cut. Hubby is now staying at a nearby hotel. The woman has been in discussions with attorneys about how to proceed. Wow. I hope she kept all the evidence, too. I'm assuming she did. I mean, he confessed, too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would assume there's going to be a divorce here, but I also don't know if there is going to be a divorce. Everything she said earlier is true. There is reasons that she considered not leaving him. Do you think she'll try and find a way to make it work, I or is not. this done? I hope not. You know, if you try to make it, nothing will ever change what he did, you know, and that'll be in the back of your mind. It's kind of like staying with a cheater. I mean, in my opinion, you're always going to have that in the back of your mind. Is he going to do it again? Is she going to do it again? Um, who is she actually going to meet with? Who is he actually going to meet with? You're always going to have that in the back of your mind. This is huge. This is bigger than just an, an oops, which some people can forgive. This is a 25-year lie. I don't think anyone can forgive that. And if you want to put your, you know, okay, I'm going to give this a try and, and let's see what happens here, even though he did this to me, I think that you're sadly mistaken. You're lying to yourself because that's too toxic to not seep into the rest of your years together if you attempt it. Really wild story, though. I totally mean, crazy. By the way, I do know someone who's similar. Similar happened uh, to them. Really? Growing up, yep. And um, this, uh, this father of my friend was uh, had, had issues, had some issues. I was so young to realize it, really, but I learned a little bit more when I was older. But he had a, he had a whole family. He would travel to Asia often for work, and he did have a family out there. Really? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah, and I remember just thinking, how crazy is that? What are you doing to your kids, too? Like, all of the kids, you know? Like, you've traumatized your children now because your children will find out, you know, if not now, if they don't fully understand now, they will eventually, and they're going to hate you for it. And maybe they don't hate you right away, but eventually they're going to realize as they become adults what a piece of shit you are, and and it's not going to work out well. Interesting. Uh, and she has no relationship with her dad now, too, by the way, the one person I know. King Charles is now our king, but prior to that, he was a prince. And as it turns out, he was considered the pampered prince. <coughs> Sorry. The pampered prince? As it turns out, he was considered the pampered prince uh, by his staff at Clarence House, where he lived with the queen consort, Camilla, from 2003 until he recently took over the throne. Now some of the details of Charles's lavish requests, let's call them demands, because that's really what they were. If the Prince of Wales is telling you to do something and you work for him, you're probably going to do it. Uh, some of them were revealed in a 2015 Amazon Prime documentary serving the royals inside the firm. Paul Burrell served as a butler to Queen Elizabeth and Princess Diana. He revealed the precise directions that the king's staff are given to care for him. From ironing his shoelaces to putting tooth, to putting toothpaste on his toothbrush. Oh my God, he's worse than any Mariah Carey rider out there. Get ready for this rider, cat. Here are some of his other demands. Charles brings his own toilet seat and toilet paper with him <laughs> wherever he travels. Okay. The toilet seat, I get. I get it. The, I get it. The toilet paper is kind of overkill. I mean. 
If you're the prince, you're staying in nice places. I think you can trust the toilet paper is safe. Is it Royale? And Royale ah, only? Ah, that'd be great huh? to know. He has his valet squeeze one inch of toothpaste onto his toothbrush every morning. His valet? Yeah, he, it's like a butler. Okay, gotcha. I'm thinking in his car. I'm like, why is he brushing his teeth in his car? <laughs> no. That's fucking and weird. <laughs> it is neat to know that the king brushes his own teeth. Cool. But he can't put his own toothpaste on the toothbrush. Somebody comes in and does that for him, and it's got to be one inch of toothpaste. That's, this is ridiculous. His pajamas get ironed every morning. Okay. So what, does he take them off and they iron them? Does he take them off, they wash them and they get ironed? Or does he get new pajamas that are pressed every morning? Pressed. I mean, pressed pajamas are nice and clean sheets are nice. I get that, I suppose. His shoelaces get pressed with an iron. What does that change? What does that do? I mean, okay, so sometimes uh -huh. regular run-of-the-mill shoelaces like you and I would wear every day in our shoes are a little different. They're a little thicker. Uh, for his shoes, he wears nice Italian loafers. And... Uh, yeah, the laces on that tend to be a little thin, but they also tend to um, whisk off. You know, like when you get those odd random hairs that just sort of string away? Sometimes shoelaces can do that, depending on what they're made of. So he wants them pressed, so his feet always look good. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the only reason Weird. I can think of, and it's still a really minor thing. Okay. The bath plug. You know the plug that holds the water in the tub? Mm-hmm must be in a certain position, and the water temperature has to be just tepid in a bathtub filled only half full. He, I didn't realize he takes a bath. He takes a bath. Okay. In tepid water. He's a bath guy, huh? But only half full. Yeah. He's okay. a bath guy. Okay. Do you think he listens to music in the bath? Like, what do you think he does? Do you think he reads? Just ponders the life? He probably just... What do you think he does in the bath? Probably what a lot of guys do in the bath. Guys don't take a lot of baths, and there's not really much to do. So you just sit there for a little bit in tepid water, and then you leave. I don't know why tepid. I mean, if I'm going to take a bath, I want hot me water. Too. I'm, I'm all about the hot. I can throw the jets on. I got a, I got a jacuzzi. So maybe give me that. Maybe he plays with his royal pecker. I don't know. You think he plays with it? You think he fucks? Up? Why would you do that in the bathtub though? Not all the way or anything like that. You okay. just have some fun well, in the That's tub. what I'm just, hey, yeah, because you don't finish in the same water you're in. That's my, well, that's kind of gross. Why would Thank you do you. that? I'm you're just saying. I, I don't. I, God damn I it. don't jerk off in the tub. I'm just saying. It's easier for you. <laughs> no, a guy's not going to do <laughs> that's it. That's what I figured. I'm just making, I'm just saying. I'm just wondering what he does in the tub. What does he do? I'd love to know. Not that. I mean, you know, reading. and There's a lot of things you can do in the bathtub that's relaxing. Does he have a glass of wine? Does he have a coffee or a tea or some shit? Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm judging you being curious about what the king does I, in the tub. I am <laughs> curious what people do in a tub sometimes. Sure, why not? Hey, uh, it doesn't have to be sexual. I just mean, seriously, some people just like to soak in bubbles. Some people use bath salts. Some people like bath bombs. Some people listen to music. Some people read a book. Some people fall asleep. Some people do work. Mm hmm. It's all of the above, right? Absolutely. I just, what kind of guy is he? Uh, common nickname for a toilet is the throne. Does the king. Sit on the throne? Oh. Is his toilet considered a throne? Well, you know, or is anything he's sitting on considered a throne? I think anything he's on is a throne. That's a good point. No matter, even if it's a bar stool. Kind of like uh, Air Force <laughs> One, right? Like any plane the president happens to be on is, is Air, Force. Air Force One. It is the throne. Yeah. So if he's on the shitter, he's on the throne. Literally. Yeah. He's, ah. on, the, he's on the throne throne. So what happens if Camilla's on top of him? Is she sitting on... Would that be her throne? If she's sitting on something, that's a throne. So he'd be the throne to her. 
if she's sitting on him. Oh, if she's I don't know if they still do she, that or not, but at some point they did. Are we confusing people? But I think, yeah, if she's sitting on him, then he is her throne, and whatever he's sitting on is his throne. Hmm. It's a double throning. It's a double throning. Let's double throne tonight, So baby. if he sits in a chair and she sits uh-huh. on top of him, uh-huh. they're both on the throne. They're both throning. Ha! Double throning. I don't want to think about those two as doing no, shit. I don't, no, nor do I. No. Sorry about that, guys. In a bathtub, on a seat, on the toilet, all yeah. of it. Yeah. We went there. Uh, it, we did. Somebody had to, though. We can't be the only fucking just, ones that wonder what they any, do behind closed doors. Is anyone doors. else curious what people do in a bathtub? I'm curious sometimes. Like, sometimes I don't want to sit there and read. What do you do in the tub, cat? Let's just do that, then. Well, it all depends. Uh, first of all, I love the jet. So I just, I'm one of those people that likes to do nothing, and I like silence in the tub. Because it's loud enough, because, again, I have the jets on, usually. And I like to just, I'm a, I'm a soaker or a jet taker-inner. and Taker-inner? Yeah, I don't where, know. Where does it go I, in? I, <laughs> I take it in. I take the whole experience in. Oh, you mean, like, metaphorically. Metaphorically, obviously. Uh, and then, and, and yeah, yeah, I, not too long. Like, I don't understand the people who soak for like hours. Like I've got a girlfriend who'll call me in the bathtub and she, and I'm just like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm in the bath. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I, I don't find it that weird. Cause you're a good friend of mine. It's not that strange, I suppose. But I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing now? It's at the end of the call. We've been talking 40 minutes. She's st- I'm still in the bath. I'm like, I just can't sit in there for that long, mm-hmm. but I do like a little soaking. Give me like 10 minutes. Put the jets on my back. That's nice. I can't do wine in the tub. I can't do it reading a book in the tub. It's too much. Too much happening. Does uh, When she calls you from the tub, is she on speaker or is she actually holding the phone for 40 minutes while she's laying in water? I, I You know, I never asked. I just assumed I'm on speaker, probably on a stand. Like I have one of those stands that you put over your tub, or uh-huh. jacuzzi, right? Where you can put a book and the wine glass and everything. You put your phone there, I suppose. Okay. And just pray it doesn't fall in. Fair, fair. So if you sit on a jet, is the jet a throne? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes, your highness. I'm just sitting on the throne, actually. You called it a great time. Hang on. Give me a minute. (laughs) Hang on. Charles allegedly sends a van of his possessions to his friends' country houses ahead of his arrival to unload his bed, furniture, and pictures. So if he's going to go and stay at a friend's house, it must be his bed and his furnishings. And he wants it to feel like home when he's going to their country homes. Now, I assume if you're the prince, you aren't hanging out with Joe Blow that's got a typical uh, subdivision house with a single car garage and three bedrooms. And a fold-out bed that you're like, no, I'm going to opt out of this. No, not that. No. These are rich people. Estate homes with with guest houses and stuff like that. Uh, That's just some of the stuff that they say the prince has going on. In his life. What would you do, though? I mean, I mean, you know, you can you can be judgy. I was judgy on a couple of those things. Some of them sound stupid to me, but I'd probably, like, add some things to that list if it was me. Like, fuck it. You know what? And especially as you get older, and he may not be king for long. Maybe not. Maybe he Probably wants, not. Maybe he wants to take advantage of that. I think that's why we're not rushing to put him on the money is because everybody thinks this might not last that long. I think so, too. And it's kind of a weird thing to say. It kind of goes back to the long-term care conversation from earlier. But it, from a practical standpoint, if you're at the Bank of Canada or the Mint and you're dis- discussing, well, i got to do some new money mm-hmm. because of the king now instead of the queen. And uh, is there any point in doing this? Because he's pretty old. Like, should we mm-hmm. just wait it out a little bit? Should we start pre-printing the, the, the William and Kate money? Because that might be more helpful. Oh, that's another thing. When William and Kate end up on the money, we'll have two people on the money. Hang on. William and Kate would end up on the money? They're going to be the king and queen. 
But why not just Kate William? Like, why not just the, the bloodline, if you will? Because she's queen. Right now, Camilla is queen consort, because I think everybody understands there was some history there. So the queen gave her the title of queen consort. So, but Kate will be queen. Why wasn't Philip on anything then? Because he was not a king. He was a prince. He oh. also wasn't British. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. All right. Both of them on the money. That'd be neat. Double-headed money. Do you think we should even do it? I mean, this is this sparks a whole new conversation, doesn't it? Do you want William and Kate on your money? I don't remember what we were talking about before, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, it was Charles. <laughs> and and you in the tub Charles. for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but but the but like with the, when it comes to the money, I know we're discussing the money so much, and that makes sense because this is what we look at. Well, so whoever has cash still. Well, I remember when I used to have money, it was <laughs> yeah. there was a queen on there. But, I but she was the queen. queen. Like, what are they going to be doing? Waving? Like, it's just so weird. No, it'd just be the typical picture of their heads. And then they're going to update it as they get older? Because did we update the queen as she got older? A, a, a couple of times. When that's we went through thought. new versions that's of money. That's what I figured. When we went to the polymer money, that's when we did the big update. And it was like, all of and a sudden, the, much queen, older. the queen aged like 30 years yeah. in one $20 bill. Because if you find a 90s coin, for example, that has her face on it, it looks much different. Yes. Anyway, I don't know why we're getting so in-depth into this, but I, I didn't realize that, that they might both be on the money. That's a potential. Well, I don't think I want all those faces on them. I, I think I'm going to go away with people. I, I wouldn't mind doing away with people on the money. What do you want? It gave me some symbols and stuff. It gave me some stuff. Give me some pretty things. Like emojis? In and around what kind of symbols? No, in and around Canada. Like, give me some uh, some beautiful Rockies on one of them. And then over here, give me the falls on one of them. Uh, you know, like give me some different shit. I don't want to look at people's faces so much. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I know some of them are important. I'm glad we're putting the new the new faces on some of the bills now. That's great. And all of them very important people to Canada and Canadian history. But I don't know. I don't know about this face thing anymore. I think I just go with like animals like we've done. Well, we've I mean, done there, in the past. There's a proposal, and I think most people understand that the next $5 bill, when they release it, will likely contain the face of Terry Fox. He's the leading one. He's the one people seem to agree they want. Sure. Should we end it before we put out the Terry Fox fives? Terry Fox is so, I mean, everything that he stands for is important. I just, I'm just thinking like, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of want to go away with the people a little bit. I don't really like people that much. There's uh, a lot of very important people and good people, but I don't think we need their, their faces all over our stuff. Would you be okay with like some stereotypical Canadian stuff? Like a moose over like here? Like they have already on the quarter and a, the, yeah. A beaver over there yeah, and stuff like that? Yeah, something a little different. Like what about a plate of poutine? We can't just put that on something? You know, How like, are you going to put gravy yeah. on money? Here, let me give you my beaver tail $10 bill. There you go. Smell hey, it. You can practically in. smell the sugar. It's syrup. It's, yes, we should make it smell like maple syrup too. Let's just go full-blown Canadian. Just all over that shit with Canadian stuff. We're broke. I mean, our economy has been <laughs> fucked 10 different ways from Sunday. Would you then, since we're talking about getting rid of faces on the money, would you be open to, and I'm asking you as a sports fan, paid advertisement, i.e. you don't get a, you could buy like the naming rights to the $20 bill. Like here's the Canadian Tire 20 and it's got the Canadian Tire logo <laughs> That'd be so messed up. Would you mix that up with your Canadian Tire money? Okay. Maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> maybe, uh, what about... RBC or CIBC wants oh. to pay uh, $10 billion. And think of the exposure. People see that all the time. Yeah. They carry it around with yeah. them. That'd be great marketing. 
Who is it that's sponsoring the Leafs? Uh, what if we had like DraftKings on the twenty dollar <laughs> bill? Would that be okay? Because just a little logo, just a little logo, you mean? Yeah, but they're gonna pay big money that yeah. could help bail us out of this fucking mess that we're in. I'm into any ideas that could bail us out of the mess. I'm into any ideas of that nature. So sure. NASCAR has been doing it for years. Now hockey is doing it, and baseball and basketball. They've all got sponsor stuff. Maybe we should do that with the money and actually make our money make money. Yeah, like like the casinos could have a logo right on the money. Oh, they want to bring you right there. Like here's the fucking like, falls view. Here's logo. the new five with casino ram yeah. on it. That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's not a terrible idea. I wonder. Th- th- you know that there's some <laughs> asshole in Ottawa right now thinking, should I pitch that at the Is next that a meeting? Good idea? A president's choice. President's choice. <laughs> Sponsored 20? No? So Galen Weston's going to pay off our national debt, but his face is going to be on the fucking money. It's going to be his face for sure. (laughs) Doug Ford on one of them. Oh, no. The Ford family's going in, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to do one more or do you want to wrap it up? Uh, What do you got? What do I got? What do I got? Okay. I'll do... um, If it's good, you can add it. If, if not, we can wrap it up. I got one more story, and I like this one. Okay. You know me. I'm a sucker for good news. When there's a happy ending, when there's a payoff, when there's something great that happens, I'm happy for the person who benefited. In this case, this guy did. His name is, let me see if I can find it here, Omar. He ran a small IT company in North Carolina. Now, he had a lot of free time on his hands early in the pandemic, so he decided, I'm going to start answering those calls. I suspect that that's a telemarketing call, but I'm going to answer it anyway. Most of us, I think, are on the do not call list. I'm one of those people who believes the do not call list actually got hacked and became a must call list because these are verified Canadian phone numbers and people, ever since they signed up for this stupid thing, have been getting harassed. Mm -hmm. Daily mm-hmm. by these telemarketers, but that doesn't bother him. He gets them on the phone. He talks to them long enough that he can get enough information to file a lawsuit because they called him and they're not allowed to because he's on the do not call list. He can sue. He says he wouldn't suggest other people try it because it's basically a full-time job, but Not having to go to court, just threatening it, he ended up getting settlements. I think it was 26 different telemarketing companies he reached a small settlement with for them calling him when he's on the DNC, do not call list. That added up to $100,000. Wow. $100,000 this guy has made out of suing or threatening to sue telemarketing companies that called him. It gets better. When you get $100,000 that you weren't expecting, that seems like something you should probably invest for your future. This guy decided to do an investment by opening a business and cross off something that was on his bucket list. He invested the money by opening up a bar. He made his own bar. He called it the wrong number. Ah! What a great name for a bar. I love it. Completely financed by those dicks who go out of their way to try and ruin our days. They really are dicks. He's doing a soft open next month, and he's really staying on theme with it. 
Uh, a lot of spam calls that he got came from debt companies. So the drink menu includes the debt relief, the car warranty. All of them are different scammy things that telemarketers try and sell you. There's like the duct clean that you can order as a drink. All of them are oh themed. Oh my gosh, I love that. Based on that. The duct cleaner. <laughs> yep. He got a hundred grand, used it to open up a theme, do not call this bar, and he financed it all off of settlements from threatening to sue them. I like that. Uh, can we end with a quick tip on that note? Yeah. So if you get a lot of these spammy calls, but it's more so the robotic uh, instant recorded messages, like you have won a cruise, hit five to speak with someone to collect your free cruise, like all that shit. So I have TELUS. I know TELUS does it. I have it. It's called call control. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when you call me for the first time after I put call control in place, which I just did recently, by the way. So I think if you called me now, it would go. It will say to you, yep, yeah, uh, thanks for calling. If you want to carry through with your call to Cat, you press five or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to actually have someone on the line to go, oh, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to call Cat. It only happens the first time you call that person. And then from there forward, you're clear. But then with those auto-generated shit ones, I get all the time from these weird area codes. I never get them again. I got them like crazy. And it was actually my sister-in-law, Chrissy, who was telling me about this. Because when I called her for the first time after she put it in place, I'm like, what just happened? I had to hit the number eight or whatever it was to get through to you. And she's like, call control. So look into it. I don't know what other service providers aside from TELUS offer it. But they do it for home phone as well if you have home phone with them. And for cell phones, for mobile. So that won't exactly eliminate the, the, the duct spammy cleaners. calls? It won't, it won't eliminate all the people. What you're look, what that eliminates is the non-people on the other the end. Auto the auto robos. The robos. I, get a, I used to get a lot of those robocalls. Yep. Uh, packages. You've received a package from DHL or you're going to be detained from the you know Canadian Border Services because you're a drug mule, you fucker. Hit five to speak to someone about <coughs> this. All those, go away. Haven't had one of them. But the people on the other end, I will. So if they're from duct services or whatever, if they, but the thing is, they don't actually all pay attention to what's happening. So some of them just give up and hang up because they don't listen to what you're saying. They're just waiting for someone to say hello. And then they see someone's picked up and they click on it. So they actually won't bother dial tone hitting something they'll just move on to the next caller so Good. you eliminate a ton of calls anything that helps i'm going to look into that i'm with bell mobility i'm going to find out if if they offer that and if they don't i'm going to ask for it because that's a great idea simple little thing it's like captcha for a phone call that's right i think that's you brilliant. you want to talk to me one extra step just one extra step but at least i know you're a human and on that we'll say Thank you, everybody. Have yourselves a great Thursday. We are kicking off the final week of summer. Fall begins a week from today. Ooh, tomorrow, Dables are joining us, I assume, on the podcast. I don't fucking know. Okay, I, I, we think. It's <laughs> he's going to be in the building, but whether or not he has time, I don't know. I know. It's been a busy, busy week for him. Hopefully, he can join us for a bit. Either way, we will be here, and we will chat then.